Welcome to Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense, with Dr. Fiona Lovely. Dr. Lovely is an expert on health, treating women and their families from around the world. Her specialities include endocrinology, functional neurology, and functional medicine. Please visit us at drlovely.com. And now, here's the doctor. Hello, this is Dr. Fiona Lovely of Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast, Making Hormones Make Sense. I hope everyone's well today. Thanks for listening. Because I'm all about giving you guys information that hopefully is simple and helpful, useful for you in a format that is uh, uh, short, um, I wanted to take today and give you 10 useful tips for hormone health. Of course, any of these 10 things could be a podcast unto their own, and many of them have been, uh, but I think it's nice to have everything in one place. So let's just dive right in. Uh, first thing I want to remind you is the importance of stress management. Um, it actually is the number one factor in health. So being able to, you know, the cool thing about that is it's something that we can control. We can't control the stress, uh, the amount of stress that we are uh, exposed to, but we can control or learn to respond better. And, uh, you know, a daily calm practice is really going to take you a long way to that. Now that can be meditation. If you're a meditator, if you're not, it can be something as simple as closing the door on a room where you're by yourself. You take a few deep breaths and just allow the thoughts, uh, of daily life to escape your mind for a few moments. Uh, it may be a bath, it may be reading, uh, it's different for everyone, but certainly stress management, number one factor, learn how to handle your stress better. Second tip I want to give you is that sleep is necessary and it needs to be a continuous eight hours if possible. So in a way, I'm telling you that you need to sleep like a teenager <laughs> when you're in perimenopause. It's going to go an awful long way to uh, helping your brain stay healthy, to letting your hormones be balanced, letting your mood be better, you're better looking, you're uh, less likely to carry extra weight when you sleep uh, well enough. So there's so many health benefits to list. And I have done a couple of podcasts on sleep so far. So um, if that is a concern for you, please go back and listen to those and uh, refresh yourself with um, that information. I do want to say this. Uh, sadly, alcohol disrupts sleep. And um, I know for me, a few years ago, I was going through a real stressful period. And I found myself coming home from the office uh, every day and making sure I had a glass of wine with my dinner. Now, that seemed like a spiritual ritual at the time until I realized um, that the alcohol was playing a factor in me waking up at about 2 o'clock in the morning and not being able to get to sleep back to sleep for a couple of hours and then just being wrecked the next day. So if you were... If if you have a nightly wine habit, I'm going to suggest that you cut that back. I, I know, like I said, I know it's a spiritual thing, but cut it back to the weekend um, where you can take some extra time to sleep in if, if necessary. So the third thing I want to tell you about is fats are building blocks for hormones. And um, I do want to address the fact that there still is an entire industry of fat-free food products. And I can't even tell you 
just the crazy that that is. Um, anytime you take fat away from food, not only are you not satisfied uh, with what you're eating, so you're going to eat more, but it doesn't taste as good. So the food companies have to put a whole lot of other stuff in it. Usually it's sugar, number one, and then a whole bunch of chemicals. And um, you just don't need that in your body. So not only that, but fats are very much necessary for health. Fat doesn't make you fat. Sugar makes you fat when you're eating things. So um, healthy fats uh, do... When you're eating healthy fats, not only do they help your brain, but again, they help you feel fuller, longer. Um, A couple of other things I want to say about that. When you are being prescribed statin medications, that is the medications that help with cholesterol, um, really question that. Question your doctor on that. Is that necessary? It turns out that when we have a skewed lipid profile with the blood, um, which is how we look at HDL, LDL, and some of the other um, cholesterol factors for humans. Um, oftentimes these things can be resolved by adding healthy fats to the diet and your prescribing physician may not be aware of that. So you have to be your own healthcare advocate there. I say before you decide to take any medication, um, with your doctor's permission, you are, uh, take a, a, a couple of months where you're just adding really good healthy fats to the diet. That's avocados, fish oil, eating lots of fish, um, coconut oil for cooking, uh, good healthy cold pressed um, organic extra virgin olive oil, nuts and seeds, avocados. Did I say that one already? I'm not sure. Anyways, avocados are great brain food and um, help to keep you feeling full longer and satisfied and a bunch of other things. So um, not only do they make your skin juicy, they make your hair better. They're just, there's no reason to to stay away from them anymore. Uh, Next thing I want to tell you about is is a spiritual uh, pursuit. We are, as a society, addicted to chaos. We are addicted to fast-moving objects, information flying at us from multiple apps or uh, television programs or radio programs or what have you. Um, And it's really hard on the brain. So when the brain doesn't have any calm, waking time, not only do you not function well, your mood is an issue, um, you may not be making great decisions, but also it contributes to brain degeneration early. And brain degeneration early is the kind of thing that eventually can become Alzheimer's and dementia, which... um, the powers, the the literature is now actually showing that 50% of the population by 2050 will be Alzheimer's or dementia. So it's, that's us ladies, that's us in the perimenopausal years in our forties and early fifties right now. So we can control that. And there is a, a podcast coming about brain degeneration and how we can, um, make our chances better, uh, for not becoming, uh, someone who has Alzheimer's or dementia. Okay. So stop your addiction to chaos. Say no to others more. Say yes to yourself more. Next thing I want to remind you of is blood sugar levels. Keep your blood sugar and insulin levels controlled with frequent fuel in that's eating more regular, regularly, smaller, more frequent meals. Every three to four hours that you're awake, you want to be eating something healthy, protein, Protein first, vegetables second, healthy fats after that. Avoid all simple carbohydrates. Just some real basic tips there. 
Um, next, the thing I want to talk to you about is the estrogen to progesterone ratio. Uh, we did start talking about this in, I think it was last week's podcast. Um, so it turns out that assessing your estrogen to progesterone ratio can give you a whole lot of information about um, why you may be having the symptoms that you're having and certainly how your uh, perimenopausal years are going to progress. So first thing I want to say about that is you need minimally 20, 35 times more progesterone than estrogen um, because estrogen is, is, has a stronger physiological effect. But most of us are opposite that. We have way too much estrogen and not enough progesterone. Some sources even say progesterone needs to be 200 times higher uh, for perimenopausal women to have balance. So certainly having that assessed, saliva testing is the best way to do that. I do that in my office. Uh, your healthcare practitioner may do that as well. Uh, Anytime you want to talk to me about that, you can email me and I'll leave my email at the end of the podcast here. So in order to help that be healthy, again, go back to the podcast on estrogen dominance, listen to the information there, but basically decrease your stress, increase your calm time during the day. And make sure your thyroid is functioning well. And speaking of thyroid, that's my next tip. So have your thyroid checked yearly, minimally tested for T4, T3, TSH, and TPO. Okay, so that's going to tell us what is the thyroid doing? What is the brain doing? Do you have antibodies to your own thyroid? which of course is Hashimoto's, uh, and that is a whole other autoimmune conversation. So that's a minimal test. Uh, there aren't great tests for, for thyroid. Um, a serum level test will give you somewhat of a window to start. If something is low there or high there or out of whack or positive, then seeing, um, somebody who is schooled in, um, thyroid health naturally gives you a lot of options other than the prescriptives for thyroid, um, which are sort of a lifetime thing. And there's lots of options that you can do there with your thyroid. Okay. Next tip I have for you is tend to your gut. So the human microbiome is a, what we call the trillions of cells that make up the bacteria that hang out in our colon or our large intestine. And there's a lot of places that that comes from in our, um, in our food, in our lifestyle, uh, during the birth process. I mean, a number of different things. And this is a huge topic unto its own. But what we do know is that there's something called the brain to gut axis and the gut to brain axis. And they talk to each other, um, communicate constantly. So the quality of your gut, the health of your gut, and the health of the bugs that hang out there that help us with our health, um, turns out is one of the greatest factors into how well your brain is working. And of course, the brain controls all hormones. So you, any conversation about hormones has to include what is the health of the brain. So part of that is, is taking care of your gut health. Think of the bugs in your gut, like a garden that need to be kept. You need to feed them good, healthy food. You need to call the ones that aren't so good when they're, when, when they're out of balance and inoculate your gut with the good stuff. Um, I don't think I've done a podcast on that yet, but maybe it's time. It's a huge subject and we're learning more and more all the time about it because this is uh, sort of the next frontier in human health is looking at the health of the bugs that reside in us and on us. Um, 
excuse me. Next thing I want to say is, because uh, we are talking about the brain, is keep your brain healthy and active to age well. So daily calm practice, activation of the brain, which means doing interesting and novel things, movement as well as visual stuff. So um, dancing, uh, singing, um, learning a new language, um, these kinds of things the brain loves. It's going to be different for everybody. So just find something that's sort of interesting and novel to you and do it daily. Good breathing hygiene. Okay. A lot of us do not oxygenate well. So make sure you're taking nice, healthy, slow, deep breaths through the nose and, uh, slow is the big one. Cause you don't want to hyperventilate and make sure you got your chest elevating, not just your belly. The yogic breathing teaches us to belly breathe. But in fact, we want to make sure we're filling the lungs first, uh, deeply. So you want to feel your chest lifting when you take a nice deep breath. And that's just good breathing hygiene, which is super important for uh, brain health. In fact, it's one of three things that the brain needs to survive. So the next thing is exercise daily releases something called BDNF, which is a substance that encourages neuronal connections in the brain, encourages the brain to make new hookups with other neurons. So this is why exercise is so important in keeping your brain young and fresh and also uh, keeping the brain degeneration stuff at bay. Again, there's that Alzheimer's and dementia link. And the last thing I want to say to you today, just to wrap up with something really easy, because I know this other stuff is sometimes can be a bit complex, is drink two to three liters of clean spring water each day. There's a lot of information out there about what's good and what isn't. And I can tell you as a practitioner, every day I have this conversation with people. People are chronically dehydrated. We need water in all of our cells and all of our tissues. So if your body doesn't need it, you're just going to pee it out. Pretty cool how that works. Okay, I hope this has been super helpful for you. I really want to give you the value of um, information in exchange for your time. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find out more about me on my website, drlovely.expert. That's D-R-L-O-V-E-L-Y dot expert. You can continue this conversation by emailing me anytime, drlovely at drlovely.expert. Or you can go through the website and send a form in. Someone on my staff will forward that to me. Um, let's see, what else do I want to tell you? Oh yeah, we got a Facebook page, right? And it's, it's kind of a cool little culture that's building. I'm trying to post things that are interesting. Um, our Facebook page is called Not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast, Making Hormones Make Sense. Thanks for the time. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your healthcare provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.